YouTubers, thrill seekers, overpaid athletes, and undocumented Republicans. Hello, it's your humble social studies teacher, Mr. Palumbo, and welcome to the Professor Liberty Podcast. You know, here at Professor Liberty, we strive to tell the truth no matter who's in the White House. You know, there was a time in this country, in the past, that it didn't really matter who the president was because, well, he didn't really have the power to do much. And the Americans went about their day buying and selling and and living. And we didn't have to worry about who the president was. Imagine that. Imagine that. It's almost like fantasy land now at this point. But, well, the times, they are a-changing, as Bob Dylan would say. And we live in a different America. In today's America, words cause trauma. In today's America, socialism is the answer And in today's America, the flag, the founding fathers, and freedom all cause offense. But do not fear, my friends. We here at Professor Liberty will keep moving forward no matter what waters rage against us. America as founded might be on its way out. But as long as we're still in the ring, there's a saying in boxing, there's always a puncher's chance. Well, last week, our president, the man who received the most votes in American history, Mr. Joe Biden, had a press conference. And, you know, when Joe has a press conference, there's something entertaining that is going to happen. I don't know whether to laugh or cry when I have to watch some of these press conferences. But anyway, old President Joe had a discussion on the Second Amendment and gun control. And the president said something like this, quote, The Second Amendment, from the day it was passed, limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own, unquote. The president tried to quote Thomas Jefferson's The Tree of Liberty quote, which he botched. And then he finished with this, quote, If you wanted or if you think you need to have a weapon to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit, the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it, unquote. Boy, reading that is tough, but that is a straight quote from our 78-year-old most popular president in American history. So what what's Mr. Biden trying to say here? Well, I'm going to do my best to translate his thinking here, and I'm glad he wasn't whispering when he made these particular comments. Today's episode is entitled, The History of Gun Control. I was going to do an episode on the Second Amendment, but I have a YouTube video for that, which dives deep into that topic. So instead of going into the Second Amendment, I want to investigate President Biden's point that the U.S. government has always had the ability to limit citizens' um, ability to possess firearms or what kind of firearms they can own. So according to Biden, there's always been this long-established tradition of looking at the Second Amendment in a limited way, in a restrictive way, meaning it was not an absolute right. People never had the ability to just own any weapon they wished. Well, like everything in life, you know, things are complex. But 
you could just do a simple search, a simple research project would show you. And this is what really ticks me off, folks, as an educator and as a guy that tries to think critically and and tries to uh, investigate. And I don't take people, I don't take them at their word, especially people in leadership. We have so much information at our fingertips, and yet we are so ignorant. I mean, we have to be the most ignorant generation. It's just mind-boggling the juxtaposition of all of this information at our fingertips, and we're a bunch of morons. It's just mind-boggling. Anyway, a simple search would show you that gun control, at least how Biden is trying to explain it, never really was a thing until the 1960s. That's right, folks. You can look it up. Please don't take my word for it. There was... Now, now there was some kind of federal control activity during Prohibition. So if you really want to say when it really got started, and we're going to talk about that in a second, it was maybe the 1930s when the mobsters' firepower matched the police firepower, which this is the, really the crux of the matter, folks. Those in charge don't want the so-called criminals having the same kind of firepower. But I digress. There were two major pieces of legislation, and I want to discuss both of them today, that really began gun control as we know it. So my main thesis here is going to be that there hasn't always been this limited view or this constrictive view of the Second Amendment, like Mr. Biden is saying. This attitude has come about only within the last 50 or 60 years. So the first piece of legislation, and again, you can look this up, that dealt with restricting the right to possess firearms was the Federal Firearm Act of 1938. ThoughtCo.com states the act placed the first limitations on selling ordinary firearms. Persons selling guns are required to obtain a federal firearms license at the annual cost of $1. I bet you it ain't a dollar anymore, folks. And to maintain records of the names and address of people whom the firearms were sold. Gun sales to persons convicted of violent felonies were prohibited, unquote. Now, again, I want to stress that the Federal Firearm Act of 1938 came out of as a direct response to the rise in gun violence due to organized crime. Here's what's ironic, boys and girls. If it wasn't for prohibition, which made alcohol uh, production and consumption and distribution illegal, organized crime would have never gotten to the level that it did. So here we are again, folks, the government creating a problem that the government tries to solve, and the solution is always taking away of people's rights. So anyway, the Federal Firearms Act of 1938 is the first major gun control legislation in this country, 1938, 80-something years ago. So, Mr. President, it wasn't from the very beginning. So now let's move to the Gun Control Act of 1968. But before we go there, I have to mention that what is leading up to this gun control of the 1960s? What's going on in the 60s? You know, if we really had to sit down and study it, I would propose that the 60s is the beginning of the end of this country. I, I mean, think about it. Six, like if you go 1959, if you go early 1960, right, 
the country was strong. The economy was strong. The economy wasn't as strong as the post-war 50s under Eisenhower, but America was at its pinnacle of existence. I guess you could say faith in the government was still high. Faith in the economy was still high. Faith in the institutions of the America were still high. And faith, as in religious faith, was still pretty darn high. And it was still a fabric of this country. Yes, we had segregation. Yes, we had Jim Crow. Yes, we have some racial skeletons in the closet that haven't been fully addressed. And and they're going to kind of come to the forefront in the 60s. But if you took America 1960... And I would even say if you took America 1963 up until the assassination of John F. Kennedy, I really think John F. Kennedy's assassination is going to be a one of these turning points in our history. After Kennedy's death, we're going to have Vietnam. We're going to have the Cultural Revolution. We're going to have the breakdown of traditional values. We're going to have peace, love, rock and roll. We're going to have all these protests. We're going to have, going to have racial strife. And it's going to be the first real push of let's let's break down all the boundaries, all the boundaries that have made up traditional civilization. Let's push against those. And many of the uh, consequences we're still living with today. And I would argue that we're at the precipice of whatever, you know, this idea of do whatever makes you happy. Love is love. Do whatever makes you happy. If it makes you happy, it can't be bad. You know, there is no right. There is no wrong. Your truth. All of that stuff. All of that stuff comes from the turmoil of the 1960s. Okay, so going back to the Gun Control Act of 1968, ThoughtCode.com writes it this way. The Gun Control Act of 1968 is enacted for the purpose of keeping firearms out of the hands of those not legally entitled to possess them because of age, criminal background, or incompetence. The act regulates imported guns, expands gun dealer licensing and record-keeping requirements, and places specific limitations on the sale of handguns. The lists of persons banned from buying guns is expanded to include people convicted of non-business-related felonies, people found to be mentally incompetent, and the users of illegal drugs, unquote. Okay, folks, here we go again. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I hope you guys listening to these podcasts are seeing a theme here. And I'm telling you the truth. It happens over and over again. What am I talking about? Any government law evolves. It's like a tumor. It starts really small, and then it just takes over the entire system, right? Now, remember the Act of 1938, it was only violent felonies. Violent felonies couldn't own a firearm. Now they've expanded that to, quote, non-business-related felonies, unquote. I don't even know what that means. People are found to be mentally incompetent, and users of illegal drugs can't have a firearm. Notice also the expanded dealer licensing regulations. So what am I trying to share? Anytime the government passes a law, check that law out in 5, 10, 15 years. It's a completely different law. Look at Social Security when it was passed versus Social Security now. It's a complete Frankenstein monster of itself. It's a whole different law. It's 10 times bigger than the law when it started. You know, it's like this giant alien monster and all these tentacles go into every aspect of our lives. Every time the government passes a law, it grows. 
And when the government grows, liberty suffers. Liberty dies. Another thought I'd like to point out here, you know, is we're having this rise in gun violence. We're having this rise in mass shootings. Uh, The Washington Post wrote it this way. And this is about the 60s, not today, but the 60s. It writes, the assassination of John F. Kennedy, the assassination of Robert Kennedy, the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. all kind of spurred this wanting of some kind of legislation, which led to the Gun Control Act of 1968. And, you know, as gun deaths keep going up and shootings keep going up and the government keeps doing something later, right? Government is always reactive. Government's never proactive. And we'll talk about that a little later when we talk about the police. The government keeps passing these laws. And here again, the law doesn't do anything, right? Sometimes laws make it worse. As we noticed, prohibition, which was a government law, created organized crime, which gave us gun violence. You know, gun ownership has always been a part of this nation since its beginning. I think I read somewhere that of all the registered guns, right, keyword registered, all the registered guns in the, in the world, the United States possesses about 42% of them. We are awash in guns. We've got, you know, it's like the RoboCop. It's like Clarence Boniger, you know, the gangster in RoboCop. Guns, guns, guns. There's a little 80s movie quote for you. RoboCop, awesome movie. But if you're under a certain age, it's not good. You know, those 80s movies, <laughs> they had all the toys and all the lunch boxes for 80s movies to, to target kids. But the movie itself wasn't really a kid movie. So just be careful. 80s, great time. So anyway, we're awash with guns. We've got guns coming out of our ears, right? Everybody's got a gun. And yet, only a relative minuscule amount cause any trouble at any time. But yet we treat the gun as the perpetrator. Somehow the gun is the uh, is the thing that we have to get rid of. You know, somebody made a comment one time about drunk driving, right? We don't get rid of the car because people decided to drink and drive and kill somebody, but we want to get rid of the gun because somebody was careless or somebody was with malice intent hurt somebody else with a gun. It doesn't make any sense. And like I said earlier, we've had guns in this country from the very beginning. And yet the first mass shooting, what was considered the first mass shooting, was the University of Texas shooting in, check out the date, 1966. Again, the 60s. I'm telling you, folks, the 60s was the beginning of the end. I think history is going to prove that someday. So let's go back to the president. And uh, what he said about the government always having the right to restrict, in his words, reasonably, which is subjective, right? Reasonably to a conservative and reasonably to a liberal. You know, how much should I be taxed? Well, if you ask a liberal and a conservative what is reasonable, you're going to come out with two different numbers, right? So just be careful with those subjective terms. And of course, again, this is not true. If you read the founding generation, they make it quite clear that the Second Amendment is based on the natural right to defend yourself, defend yourself from your neighbor, defend yourself from an invading force, defend yourself from a tyrannical government, be it a government overseas or your own government. Uh, well, Mr. Palumbo, you know, you know, uh, what about grenade launchers, Mr. Palumbo? What about tanks? What about, like the president said, what about F-15s? Do you, do you think average citizens should own that stuff? 
You know, I like how people, you know, most people that make this argument, they really disdain average, the average Joe, the average American, right? They really think rednecks are stupid. They really think people with guns, you know, Mr. Obama's bitter clingers, right? They, they, they really have a disdain for the common guy, right? But then the military is made up of mostly common guys. So they make this argument that they don't want common people to have the guns. But if the military has the guns, which is made up of common people, that's fine. And I would say to your point, the, uh, you know, the founding fathers would say yes. The founding fathers would say yes. The guns used in the Revolutionary War were the same guns on both sides. We had, we had muskets. They had muskets. We had cannons. They had cannons. We had ships. They had ships. Now, we only had about five ships, and they had about several hundred ships, right? They had lots of cannons. They had better guns, but the, the firepower was exactly the same. The technology was exactly the same. Now, me personally, I do think if you're going to own a grenade launcher or a fully automatic high-capacity firearm, you should have, there should be some rules and regulations. That's just my personal opinion. I don't think everyone should go around with a you know, grenade launcher. That's just my view. I think uh, you, know, you should take a firearms class. You know, I grew up in a culture you respected guns. If you don't respect a gun, things bad things can happen. It's like it's like if you're a, a rock climber, right? If you, you if you ever take rock climbing or rappelling, they're going to teach you respect the rope because you could die if you don't respect the rope. Same thing with a gun, folks. That that's how just I grew up. You got to respect the gun. So going back to the president's point, he's wrong, boys and girls. There hasn't always been this idea of limiting firearms. You know, I, and I don't appreciate his condescending tone. Well, you need like F-15s and nuclear weapons. What a way to mock us, right? And kind of a veiled threat, you know. And don't forget the hypocrisy of this all. All these people that want to take away guns, that want to limit guns, are surrounded by bodyguards and secret service with guns. And this is how it is, folks. The people in power, there's different rules for them than there is for us. These same people that, that, that don't have school choice, they don't want school choice for middle class and lower class families. Those lower class families that could use a, a, a voucher and send their kid to a better school, they don't want that for you because they gotta, they gotta be, they're beholden to the unions. But they, they will give, the, but they will go to a private school. So it's just the hypocrisy of the ruling class, boys and girls. And this is not, this is a Democrat thing. This is a Republican thing. It doesn't matter. Power corrupts. And with the exception of a few in Washington, very few, they're there for themselves. They're in power for themselves, for the power, the money. They're not there to, they're not public servants. And I got to say, there was kind of a veiled threat. When I heard President Biden kind of have a threat there, quoting, you need, if you're going to take on the government, you're going to need nuclear weapons and some, you know, F-15s. Now, at this point, boys and girls, it's par for the course. I mean, we are in some strange times. We have gone off the rails. Presidents say weird things all the time now. But, you know, I don't appreciate Biden threatening American citizens, but he won't take on China. He won't confront Russia, but he'll say he'll nuke American citizens if they try to take on the government. And besides all that, I don't think Mr. Biden knows his history very well. 
There are countless episodes in history that show you can win a war and not have superior firepower. We just talked about it with the American Revolution. Another one comes to mind is Vietnam. The United States won every battle, yet we lost the war. Afghanistan comes to mind. Okay, what are, what are we in Afghanistan? We're 20 years now in Afghanistan, and the Taliban's taken the country back. And they don't have, they don't have heat-seeking missiles. They don't have F-15s, Mr. President. One more thing I'd like to point out, uh, and I, this is just an observation on my part. There seems to be a seismic shift or change regarding gun rights in this country. It seems that with every veiled threat by a Democrat president, or with every new mass shooting, the attitude among the population is to go out and buy more guns, not less. Ever since the assault weapons ban in 1994, which barely passed, and it expired in 2004, the federal government has been unable to make any drastic changes to the current gun laws in this country. States are relaxing their gun laws. Minorities and women legally own more guns now than any time in the past. Well, why is that? Well, personally, I think it's because people, no matter their race, fundamentally understand that we all have the right to protect ourselves and our family. Well, uh, Mr. Palumbo, uh, that's what the police are for, Mr. Palumbo. Yes, the police are out there for our protection. But many mayors and governors and other politicians are talking about defunding the police. So what happens then? And besides that, police come after the fact. What does that mean? Police come after the crime has been committed, not before. It's just like the fireman comes to put out the fire once the fire has been started. So what are you going to do when you're, you know, you're in danger? You're going to wait for the police to show up? How do you think the criminals are going to act while you're waiting for the police to show up? We all have a right to self-defense, period. That is what the Second Amendment is all about. Self-defense. Defense from your neighbor, defense from an invading force, and yes, even defense from your own government should it become corrupt. So there you have it, folks, a brief history of gun control in this country. No President Biden. It did not start right after the Bill of Rights was ratified. It really has only started within the last half of the of the 20th century. The firearms, the Federal Firearms Act of 1938, and then you can thank the Gun Control Act of 1968. Before that, this country was a country of freedom and firearm ownership with very few mass shootings. So it's not the gun that has changed. And again, it's our society and it's our culture that has changed. Just like with everything else, we're trying to mask the real reason. We're trying to treat the symptoms instead of looking deep within and seeing what the further breakdown. Why, why, are, we, why are we having these shootings? What is leading to all these tragedies? And the government can pass as many laws as they want. It's not going to change the hearts of men. The real disdain comes from... The leaders do not want citizens armed. A citizen that is armed is a sovereign citizen. An unarmed citizen is a slave. Here at Professor Liberty, we seek to educate, inspire, and restore. If you like this podcast, please give me a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to email the show, please send me your economics, history, and government questions to Professor Liberty 1776 at gmail.com. 
You can also message me on Facebook. You can also follow me on Parlor. Until next time, go throughout the lane and proclaim liberty.